Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. For a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hugh Living Room. It is spring. The snow is melting. The sun was shining for part of the day, and it feels like we're getting back a little bit to normal. So tonight, uh, we're going to have a very interesting conversation, and uh, we're going to open up the doors shortly. But I just want to say I'm wearing bright yellow in honor of spring, and thank you so much to Lenard Taylor. You are a mastermind of making women feel great. And an extra bonus to all of you people out there, if you're a first-time shopper, go to lenardtaylor.com and do your spring shopping. And when you check out, use the code ILIKEHU20 for 20% off. All right, so the evening's starting off great. Let's welcome all of our fabulous ladies here tonight. Uh, hello, Sherry. Hello, Nancy. Hello, Sylvia. Uh, we are going to have a few more drop-in, but you know what? The doors are always open to the Hugh Living Room, as always. So thank you so, so much for joining us. So we're going to get right down to it. Uh, we're talking about livelihoods, business, uh, our passions, our dreams. And for a lot of us, it's been tough, especially over these last two years. So I am going to start off with Sherry, Sherry Sobey, uh, a very familiar face and definitely someone that has passion and love for Winnipeg. So Sherry, uh, if you can, share your story, your current story uh, that um, I guess maybe starts off not so great but in the end, there is a silver lining, so to speak. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Tracy. So yes, a pandemic definitely has done a number on many small businesses. And um, essentially mine, after you know two years of really trying to hang on to that life preserver, um, could not any longer. And so I made the very difficult decision to uh, close my business after 10 years. And uh, as hard as that was, um, it was even, it was, it was more hard dealing with the stress, the unknowns. Um, and so I, I, I'm feeling really, really good about the decision at this time. I'm also a firm believer in, you know, that we, we gathered, you know, experiences to move us forward. And so I am very much looking forward to taking all that I've learned these past 10 years and, and doing something positive with that. And I'm definitely really fortunate that I have a, uh, a community that supports me with uh, the Made to Grow project, which I'm mm -hmm. one of the co-founders of. 
And uh, that's really made such a difference for me, just knowing that I have their support, their encouragement, and those connections that, uh, you know, that I've been able to nurture there. Okay. What was it like, though, for you on a personal level, Sherry, to come to the decision to close your doors on something that you thought of? You, <laughs> you did it. Yeah, you know what? I, I always have to go back to the why. Why was I doing what I was doing? And I started this business because of a health issue and to, you know, enlighten others and uh, and to be able to give them the, the products that were going to be safer for them, safer for the environment. And the more that I was able to start, you know, connecting locally with um, makers, um, it just made such a difference. And it was so much more empowering too. Um, I really felt like that I was uh, making a difference there. And, you know, when you hear somebody's story about, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, um, it's, it's so much easier to support that. So when I, when I reflected back to that why, why did I start this business, I realized that, um, you know, what, what my health was, what got me into it. And my health was what was going to take me out of it. Um, I wasn't enjoying what I was doing for the last two years. It was not how I, uh, typically felt. Um, it was, I was excited all the time to go into work. I was excited all the time to be meeting new people and, and helping them. Um, I really did excel at those customer relations. That's what I think made me a little bit maybe more different than how other people, you know, operated retail um, establishments. Um, wasn't about the sale. I genuinely cared about people's health. And, um, but yeah, it was just, it took all of that away from me during the pandemic. And as much as I tried to pivot and find new ways of operating, um, it really wasn't serving uh, that why. And so, yeah, I just made that decision based on that. And I guess I also see the, you know, that the universe kind of throws you pebbles along the way that try to get you to to move in a different direction. And then, you know, I literally had a brick thrown at me with a car accident. And, you know, even trying to recover from that and trying to manage my business now with no employees, because I've had to lay them all off. It just, it was like, wake up, Sherry, you know, like this is enough. Okay, well, we're, we're gonna get into, I want to find out more about all of these grants and you know the government help to help all of these small business people in a minute but I'm gonna to go to Nancy and Nancy and Sherry are I'm gonna say cohorts or partners in crime I mean they both of them have founded this made to grow project that we'll talk about more but for yourself Nancy you are a business owner too and an interesting mm -hmm. and am. you're in an interesting situation because uh, you were probably not eligible for a lot of these so-called, mm. I'm going to call them handouts because, you know, uh, that's what everybody <laughs> perceived them almost to be, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So I'm a service-based business. Um, my name is Nancy Dudium. Um, I am a makeup artist and have been for 23 years. So I actually have a on-location um, hair and makeup company. So what happened in, in the beauty industry, in the wedding industry, um, and then as well with, with hair salons and aestheticians, which we fall under that category, um, we were all closed. 
So it, for, it was for a total of 15 months because we were the very first one to close and the very last one to be opened. So it was significant. And it was one of those things where it wasn't like you could just shut it down. I was busy 40 hours a week just trying to reschedule you know, a hundred weddings. And when I actually started to count how many weddings that we were rescheduling, it was just simply overwhelming and just trying to keep it all organized. It was like an administrative nightmare. And what people forget is now I'm also a mom of a young boy. So now on top of it, we have our kids at home and suddenly our partners are at home and we're trying to balance all of these things while you're still working full time. And now I was lucky enough to be doing that from home. Um, it didn't change the level of stress that uh, I'm not alone in that, that many, many moms were experiencing and business owners. So it was really challenging as well, because uh, the wedding industry itself wasn't really recognized with a lot of grants. It took a lot of letters. It took a lot of like collaboration with the wedding industry to try to get some recognition. And then on top of it, we're not a regulated in industry. Mm -hmm. So just even finding how we were supposed to go ahead in this industry and try to keep our clients safe when we're face to face, there's no six feet apart in what we do using tools um, to actually go right and products to go right onto the client's face. These were all things that were completely not regulated in any way, shape or form and still aren't. Um, so we're in that position and because we weren't recognized appropriately, um, grants were next to impossible. So it was, um, it was very, very difficult to try to manage it. You're working this, like you can just bail on your business and, and leave all of these people hanging or you try to save your business with the zero income because now you're just shifting business. So it's not like you have income coming in. Mm -hmm. So it was a very unique situation for sure. But because we're not brick and mortar as well, and because I have freelancers and not employees, I didn't fall into certain categories. So like nearly every category was missed. Wow. And there are so many uh, entrepreneurs that are like you. And like clearly there has to be an overhaul of the, of the whole system. But whether that will happen, you know, who, who's to say? Uh, but for yourself, Nancy, I mean, going going through all of this, you know, seeing what your friend Sherry has gone through, does mm -hmm. this put added pressure on you? Absolutely. To Absolutely. I knew a lot of what, oh, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> I knew a lot of what Sherry was going through, right? Like I work with her. There's, there's nobody that I talk to as much as Sherry. Nobody. And I don't even think I talk to my husband as much as I talk to Sherry. So it's just, we have this passion project with me to grow. And it was just so very important to us to, to continue to support. Cause this was really when, when women in this industry and in, in entrepreneurs needed the support. So as our businesses were ramping up with stress, Mm -hmm. our made to grow also was ramping up because people needed support and sometimes it just came down to emotional support yeah. so that was a really interesting um sort of standpoint for for us as well but um watching what happened with sherry and when she finally made the decision because i watched her bust her butt to try to try to really save that business and i saw her put her blood sweat and tears into it and for her after all of that to still have to make the decision um it just really made it a reality that this can be anybody and it can be anybody tomorrow because there is 
like our life jackets, our preservers are, they're, they're drained, they're empty. Nobody has anything left. And unless you want to go into an extraordinary amount of debt, we cannot go into any more lockdowns. We can't go into any more closures. We can't have any more blindsides at this point. So that on top of even considering that they even whisper as potentially being closed again in the future, it's it's a very scary position. And she just made the reality like, or us realized that the reality of, of closing is, is definitely right in front of our faces for sure. That has to be a huge, huge dagger hanging loosely over every so many heads. Uh, I'm going to go quickly to Sylvia. Hearing these two now, um, and and you yourself are a businesswoman and an entrepreneur, uh, but in your line of work, though, how important is it for women, especially, to have that? life preserver of a friend like Sherry and Nancy both have to, to even get through, you know, all of these crazy circumstances? You know, this is going to sound dramatic, but it could be life-saving, literally. <laughs> you know, in, in every sense of the word, Rollo May is a psychologist that I quote in one of my presentations um, and the quote that I love from Rollo May is, there is no greater gift that one human being can give to another than that of understanding. And so having a sister to walk with you, and I also think it was around us that said, um, we're here to walk each other home. You know, having someone to walk with you, they can't, no one can take the suffering. No one can take your stress. It's actually not meant for anyone but you. You know, all of those circumstances, and I'm preaching to the converted here, but all of those circumstances that we all went through were meant for us. And even the closure of your business, you know, was was part of a divine master plan to move you in another direction, as horrible as it is. And I loved your analogy earlier about being thrown a, a brick. The, you know, the, the analogy I use all the time is, if you don't listen when the universe whispers and tugs, you will get thrown off a cliff. Mm -hmm. There is a point at which you will stand on the edge of a cliff, terrified that you are gonna fall and you will get the shove, but you always fly. You just don't know that you can. And there's that expression that a bird never fears a branch breaking because it always trusts its wings. Mm -hmm. So that degree of surrender is, is um, surrender to your purpose. Like I know what my purpose on the planet is and I can't stop myself. Nobody else can stop me because it's not mine to stop. So I knew that everything would be directed the way it was supposed to. And what happened for me is, um, and maybe this is, I don't know if I intentionally or subconsciously had this plan all along to have multiple revenue streams, but I have so many moving parts to my business that I was able to switch back to coaching without attempting to. People just started contacting me and saying, are you still doing coaching? Well, I wasn't traveling. I do a lot of my professional speaking in the United States. 
I wasn't traveling anymore. I mean, people didn't want speakers here either. And when they did, it was like, could you do it for 300 bucks? Well, people look at me and go, holy smokes, you made $300 for an hour on Zoom? Yeah, but I'm not doing that every day. And I'm not, I wasn't even doing it every week. Like it was not covering my groceries. So there were those moments, but you know, somehow the universe directed people back to my roots, which is my, you know, I, I cut my teeth, teeth as an occupational therapist in the field of mental health psychiatry. And so people started contacting me and saying, are you still doing coaching? And I hadn't for six years. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I can, I can do that from all over the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that helped me get through financially because even some of the consulting work that I do in production, you know, manufacturing healthcare, they shut, they shut their doors to contractors for months mm -hmm. at a time, four times. And right now there is still one company in this city that since the rise of Omicron has shut doors to contractors. So I haven't been there since December. Wow. You know, so I really, um, you know, I really feel so awful for the people who have lost their businesses. I just want to say to anybody that is struggling out there, you know, please open your mind, your heart, your soul to the possibility that something better is coming as awful as it is. It's the one thing we have a hundred percent success rate at, and that's getting through problems. Whatever problems that you've ever had in the past are in the past. You got through them all. You'll get through this. It's not going to be easy, but we've all had to, I hate the word pivot. <laughs> we did it. You can say pirouette. <laughs> Yes, we've all had to pirouette, and here we are um, doing the best we can with, you know, the new circumstances of our life and, um, and hoping for success because we are living our passion, mm -hmm. right? We're living our purpose. It's the reason we're here. Oh, yes. And I want to say, too, thanks uh, so much, Sylvia, but uh, welcome to Rana. Hello there. So yeah, you know the subject, business, small business, entrepreneurs, and you, you fit into that too. And uh, well. <laughs> I do. You do, yeah. And uh, yeah, survival. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Sylvia, I mean, it's such, it's such a great perspective, right? That, um, and I appreciate your words. Um, I just kind of caught the tail end of it and I apologize for my tardiness. I was just on another <laughs> call. But um, yeah, it, like, you know, it's Sylvia's point to things happen, you know, things will happen. And, you know, this was kind of a circumstance outside all of our realm of knowledge or possibility or preparation in any way, um, you know, but, but the truth of the matter is, you know, when people get sick, it's kind of the same thing. When people get into accidents, it's the same thing. When people, you know, it's, it's always just unexpected uh, kind of, you know, slap in the face that makes you have to figure it out and get up and, and do it. Um, but all that said, all that being said, um, you know, there's no doubt that there was a lot of struggling and a lot of people suffering and a lot of people lost 
if not their livelihoods, but uh, businesses that they put their you know, blood, sweat, and tears into for a lot of times. And some weren't actually um, in positions to do anything virtual. They, they weren't the type of business that could be, you know, transferred easily into a virtual world. Um, so people lost. And, you know, to that, you know, what I would actually say is, we, you know, we have to, I think this is a learning experience. Like we just need to be ourselves more prepared. I think for me, I think I had a big issue with um, the fact that we were all struggling, like even us, like I know for lawyers, like, you know, you know how I managed my own world. I was very, I had to cut a lot of things out. I was still paying for my office. I wasn't able to go into my office. I had like double the expenses you know, half quarter of the income, things weren't great. You know what I mean? Things were not great. Um, but I did learn a lot through that process. I did learn a lot through that process. I feel like I'm a much more um, accomplished businesswoman in that mm -hmm. sense. Um, you know, so there are, there are things that came out of that for me um, that don't have a dollar value, perhaps. They don't have a dollar value, but I learned so much from that process in terms of uh, my own capabilities. Uh, and let's, and like, so like I said, like there's passions that we always just kind of were, you know, had a thumb down on because we need to make the bare minimum meet. Like we just need to survive, right? So we don't really think about passion. We just be like, well, this is my business. I got to keep, you know, in, in the in the wheel, keep the payments coming, make sure I'm making enough every month. But it, if we really look at it, we had some great opportunities to really dig deep into like, what is it that we really even want to do? You know, and I'm a big, you know, and again, Sylvia, like me and you are soul sisters in our business minds at this point. Um, you know, I, I 100% believe as we move forward in society at this point in life, we you have we have to figure out multiple streams of income. That you just have to if you're if you're a single person who has the payments of a double person you have to figure out where that money is coming from and it's kind of exciting and scary at the same time and the exciting part is, is that we have all these opportunities to be online and you know sell all of our passions or our unique quirks that we may have um, and the negative part of it is is you know you got to really dig deep and start fresh figure it out you know um, but I know that there was a conversation, I probably missed it, just about government help and, you know, who was helping who in this. I don't know if we've had this conversation already. Did I miss it? <laughs> well, we were about to have started it. Okay. I know. Okay. So we'll get into it because we yeah. need to. I know Great that, I know that Nancy has to leave. So, Nancy, I'm going to give you the opportunity, you know, anything that you want to say. We will get into May to Grow. Do we want to talk about that? Sherry's kind of nodding her head. I know that event is coming up in May, I believe, right? That's right. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think it's Sherry and your baby, right? Your gift. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. So the, it's funny how the universe just brings us together with people that just totally make sense in in our life at the moment. So when Sylvia started speaking, I was nodding my head so hard. I was like, I think I was being noisy over here. Um, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So much of it just uh, connected with us. Um, 
And so uh, May 9th is uh, our, the Made to Grow Project uh, annual event. So we're going to gather together again as, as women entrepreneurs. And the idea is that we really want to be supporting one another. And and whether it is in friendship and or whether it is, it's, and Sherry, Sherry always says that it's the best friend in business you never knew you needed. And it's so true. And through the pandemic, like men, have we noted uh, the importance of the support of a community, especially when you are a solopreneur. And uh, and it's just been remarkable how we're getting that. And and although Sherry's had to close her business, which is is really unfortunate, the incredible thing is, is she has an entire community standing behind her that's just ready to jump on board with what she's doing next. So she's already booking new clients for her next ventures. Like it's it's crazy just how these things can so beautifully come together. So when we really are open-minded and, and really following what the universe has planned for us, right? And listening to those cues, you know, things really do work out. But we, like, I just, I know I have to head off. We have this event and uh, it just really is an opportunity to meet like-minded individuals that are just really there to come together and support one another. And that's really what we need. And the more women you know in business, the more we want to support each other and the more we're referring each other. And that's the beauty of our community. It's just been incredible. Um, so yeah, so we still have 20 tickets available. That's all we have left. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so yeah, yeah, I know we're in a really good position. We're super excited. Um, and uh, yeah, we're super looking forward to this event. We have some great things up our sleeve. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. So thank you for having me tonight. Um, can't wait to watch this later and actually hear the rest of the conversation. <laughs> so have a lovely okay. night, everybody. Thanks, Tracy, for having me. Oh, have a great night. Yes, you too. Bye. Thanks so much, Nancy. Nice meeting you guys. Yes. Okay, so Sherry, more about the Made to Grow project and more importantly, uh, your next venture. And then we're going to get into government. I promise, because I need to know more about this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the one thing like what Nancy said, you know, when we started uh, this Made to Grow project three years ago, it was because we couldn't find what we needed. And, you know, I would go to these different events and yes, it was inspiring um, and you'd meet some people. But I was already inspired, so I didn't need to be inspired. What I needed was tactile tools. I needed to grow my business. I needed to keep moving forward. And so that's what we were very intentional. When we book our speakers, we want people that are going to be able to move you up. Okay. We want to keep continually growing. And that's why it's called made to grow because we are made to grow. We are meant to progress. And, um, you know, so many people said to me, aren't you sad about your business closing? I said, you know what? I had a, I had a cry day. You bet. I'm sad. I'm going to grieve for it. It was a lot of work for sure. And, you know, especially when you have seen your business going up, 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 and you're almost right there to that big goal you had just for it to sink. And now I've been in a deficit for two years. I can't even sell the business that, yeah, that sucked. Okay. <laughs> but um, I can sit there and stare at that door and, and just be stuck there and sad. And I, it's just not my personality though, okay? I, I'm, I'm just all about positivity. I always have been and I always will be. And so I knew, I, I knew I, I, that I had more to do for sure. So I started looking at, and one of the people that are in is in our community, her name is Wendy Hofford and she um, does Clifton Strengths. I don't know if anybody's heard of this. I, I just did mine. It's so cool. It's so fabulous. And so cool. when you, yes. And then we have other people that talk about, you know, getting into your, you know, 
your, your authenticity and trusting your intuition. So when you know your strengths and you know how to feed them, then you are going to easily progress forward. So I right away started, I, I had a conversation with Wendy because we've already done my strengths and we've had our, our few chats and it was like, okay, I think maybe, you know, I'm a creative, I'm an outside the box thinker. I'm an idea generator. What can I do with all of this? And I love local and I love supporting women in business. So I just decided that I was going to be a creative consultant. And, um, I have the, the, the ear and the trust of the small business community because I also advocate for them. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, you know, it's just a natural progression. And again, having all my connections, this network, which I cannot emphasize enough, the importance of in business, you need to, you know, show up, speak up and, and just get involved like that. And yeah, it's, it's a little hard, right. When you're just easing in, we make it easy though. And (laughs) You know, it, that is what's going to fuel me. That's what's mm-hmm. helping. They're going to all be referring me. I'm going to be referring them. And that's the great thing about this network, too, is those people are top of mind, especially the ones that show up and speak up all the time, right? Right. You, right. When you need, and you never know when you have opportunity uh, to, to speak about somebody or refer somebody. Um, you're always going to be meeting people that are going to need something. And so I like, I knew someone that just made dog treats and it's like, Oh, great. What is so special about your dog treats? Tell me that. I always want to know the why, right? Tell me your why. And then I connect with the why. So that's what I'm going to be doing. But also I decided, I looked at the small business community and what they were needing. And one of the things that was really lacking was marketing opportunities. You cannot have this build it, they will come mentality. But at the same time, it's really hard to get the affordable opportunities, especially like in print magazines. Um, You wanna be thinking like a big business, but you're doing it on a small business budget. And I respect that and I understand that because I've walked the walk. (laughs) So I look to my network again and uh, Jamie, uh, who is the publisher of the Mint Experience, a fantastic magazine that I really love because she tells the stories behind the business. So we really connected a lot there. And I went to her and I said, you know what, I think you need me. I think you need me to be the small business advocate here. And I have some really great ideas on how I think we can make affordable advertising and gave her a good pitch and she knows how I work too. I mean, I'm gonna give you 110% of what I do. So created a job for myself essentially with her. And um, so I'm very excited about that because that's so authentic to me. Like I can just be who I am. Mm -hmm. And when creating my branding now around that, it was hilarious because I actually showed my son two different logos that I was making. And he goes, well, this one here is totally you. And that's the one that I was thinking about when I was thinking about all the things I enjoy and what I wanted to do. And the other was me being professional. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I have this new opportunity and I am professional, of course, but I really want to be true to who I am and really aligning myself too with people that I know I can help. I'm not going to be for everybody just as you're not going to be for everybody and you're not going to be, and that's okay. There's enough for everybody that way. And so if you and I have a, you know, a discovery call and we, we realize that we're, we're sinking and cause I don't want to just work with somebody that's just still, you know, playing around thinking about it. I need, I need people that are ready to dig in and do something. 
And um, because I'm a doer, I'm an achiever. That's one of my strengths and I'm an activator. So you got to be ready to, to hustle here. And um, yeah, so it's only up from here for sure. And, you know, talking, uh, you know, about what um, both these ladies have said, you know, we, we, we climb Mount Adversity over and over again, but every time we go up, we arm ourselves with, with new tools that help us get there. But I love those challenging moments. I love those lessons. I'm grateful for those lessons. And so if you can tap into gratitude, I mean, you're going to like soar. No problem. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's my, that's wow. my spiel there. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. It, and it's amazing. Um, yeah, like uh, life isn't as bad as we think. <laughs> and it's then never you, bad. I know. It's never bad. All right. Okay. So let's get into a little bit of nitty gritty, ladies. Uh, niceness off uh, and be truthful. All right. You know, and let's not sugarcoat it. There has been gossip, especially in the business, local business uh, world or whatever, about money, about grants, who got, who didn't, and like the difficulty of trying to apply to any of these so-called helping funds or helping hand things uh, was ridiculous. I think, and I'm being honest. So, uh, Rana, we'll go with you first. <laughs> She's going, eek! <laughs> Although, I saw you nodding and send out a heart when Sherry was talking about being yeah, no, your absolutely. authenticity, and she said it so beautifully. Absolutely, and I'm, uh, I'm with you. <laughs> 100%. You're not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, as long as you're true to yourself, it's all good. Um, so, and a lot of what you said, Sherry, was beautiful and inspiring, and I appreciate your words because uh, it was really powerful to hear. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's today's kind of a tough day to have that conversation because I know there's a by election happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. As in, like right now. Um, so, this is what I'll say generally speaking about, about the grants and everything else. And I think I want to be really like, I want to be really transparent about this. Okay. So, I think the grant process in general, whether it is for this issue, whether it was for small businesses, whether it's for funding for nonprofits, whether it's a federal funding grant for anything else, the grant process as it stands, regard it doesn't even matter what it's about, federally or provincially are bananas, like they're <laughs> ridiculous, you know, um, so let's just start with that. So do I believe that, you know, that politics is politics and things always sway magically towards certain aligned, not aligned groups of people? Yeah, like I'm not an idiot. I was in politics. I know how this stuff works, right? Um, I do. I, and I know that's the case. So I think it's kind of silly for people to deny it or anything else. Like that is just 
the way the systems work. Um, uh, and if anyone has heard me talk about anything to do with inequality, these these, these barriers that you know people face at every level, um, that's this is the type of stuff we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like when we're talking about barriers, systemic issues that let's say people face, and I'm always talking about women, women of color are facing, this is the type of issue that is probably more generalized to a bigger population, right? So now you are sitting in a situation where everyone's just like, oh, well, I didn't get a grant and because this happened and that happened. Yeah, system, the system's messed. Those are the same system that we talk about when we're talking about other things. So for me, you know, I, I, I just think, yeah, a lot of people didn't get the grants. A lot of people did. Perhaps it's time to uh, open our eyes about the systems. So what That's do all we, I'm going to say yeah, about no, it. But what do we do? <laughs> and, and I think Sherry is uh, part of this, too, this wanting to get a movement going because we need to have action. We can sit here and we can have, like, incredible conversations like we are now. But if it's only going so far and only falling on deaf ears, how are we going to make a change? And we've had in all these talks about uh, systemic racism, uh, the system. At what point do we say enough is enough and do some change? But Trace, but I'm just going to jump in right there. Yeah. Let's just, let's just, okay, let's just call this what it is. Yeah. People will only dismantle the systems that do not benefit them personally. Let's just, let me yeah. just say that. So people actually don't want to dismantle those systems. They just want to dismantle the systems that don't benefit them. Okay, so that's the starting point. They, mm -hmm. they don't want the entire, they don't, they don't want to go fine tooth comb throughout the, the bureaucracies uh, and the, the, you know, the, the name, the, you know, like you're only like, and if you guys remember when I was running for leadership, and I don't want to bring this up, but I'll bring it up. You know, there was a letter that came out, and it was just like, you got to be an expert, or you got to be a Trudeau, or you're not a liberal. Like, I don't know, if, during my time, right? There's stuff like that. There's stuff like that that's woven into these systems. Um, so we can make a change. We can make a change. But it's not going to be, you know, silo changes here and there, right? Like, these are, we're talking about deep policy issues. We're talking about no more just people, you know, protesting and somebody reactively, you know, making a change in res in response to a protest. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for fact-based, evidence-based issues. We're looking for what are more sustainable systems that we can put in place that will benefit people in a better way. What are some things we can put in place so that the decision makers aren't the ones who are benefiting? their people aren't benefiting. There are, there are some barriers, there's some independence uh, in these structural organizations. That, those are really uh, simple and really basic, basic things that can happen. But no one's gonna wanna do that because the guys at the top who don't wanna do that are the guys who have all the power and why would they wanna lose their power? Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, it's just not a thing. But I like when Sherry says, you know what, like, yeah, we want to stand up and we want to advocate and we want to bring this to people's attention, you know. But I think the question I would pose is, you know, what do you see as the problem? You know, what is the problem we're trying to 
address. Are we trying to address that one person got a, biz, a grant versus not another person? So once we start to get down to that, then we can kind of sift through it and be like, okay, there's bigger ways to do this, better ways to do this. Okay. But it's not going to be, go ahead, Sherry. I want to hear yeah. this. Yeah, I, I know. It. I said, okay. I feel like Judge <laughs> Judy. Okay, Sherry. No. And I'm going to say, first off, I am the least political person, okay, because I don't trust politicians at all. <laughs> and, and it really just sounded, you know, so complicated for so long. So I definitely turned, uh, you know, away from it. But really the problem is, is that it's an old boys club. It is. Yeah. It's all about who's rubbing shoulders. Um, and it, it really does come down to that. And so at this point, I think that, I mean, again, I, I can't look at what has been done. I have to look about what can be done. And I say, like, you know, we're, we're not fitting at this table. So let's build our own damn table. Let's <laughs> let's slide in there some new people, new perspectives. But like, you know, what you just said there about, um, you know, people that need to start getting involved, they, those are the ones that it's going to benefit. And yet I still do see, you know, yeah, they're all like heart and everything you're saying and they're commenting, you go girl kind of deal. But then when I say, okay, I, I'm building a table here, I'm inviting everybody because I only know so much from what I've been like Googling. Okay. And, you know, talking with this person and that person that has a little bit more knowledge than what I do, but I still, you know, I needed to take action because that's the type of person I am when I really strongly believe. And I see that there's just unfairness. Um, everybody should have the same opportunities. I mean, my, my first post, you know, my tweet there that I, I don't even tweet was, you know, I must've missed the application process. Like, I don't understand this. I've been supporting hundreds of local makers. I've launched how many in my, in my store? Um, you know, I, I feel like that, and I had an online platform already. What I would have think what I would have thought long-term, and especially when we were talking about, you know, the, the multiple streams of revenue, have like a, a, a huge drop shipping site, but let's set all these people up with uh, e-commerce sites. That's just one or links to services or whatever. It could be a huge database of local, but now let's give them, you know, something that they can move with here and they can grow. And um, yeah, so I decided that I would uh, compile a letter and I did that and it was painstaking, let me tell you, and then find out who to send that to and then try to get like multiple people to send the letter because we need to just make noise. I've been told now phone calls really piss them off. So I may go that way because <laughs> it's really what was probably the most discouraging thing after, you know, you spend all this time researching, compiling, sending it out, and you get back a cut and paste letter. <laughs> and none of the specific questions were responded to. That's like, you know, really, really a piss off. It really is. And so I decided, okay, yeah, let's, let's create this new table, this small business, independent small business council. And like, come bring your knowledge, speak up. Like together we can find solutions. Together we can make change happen. I certainly can't do it on my own. I mean, the only thing I can do is a little bit of research here and there. And I, but I can show up and I'm willing to show up. 
and I'm willing to learn um, in, in, in multiple platforms, I'm willing to learn. So I think that's the, the big problem right now. Is it really, uh, is, it, is it wrong that one person was given that amount of money? I mean, I personally would have been, I, I would have been embarrassed <laughs> knowing so many people needed something like that. I like just a little teeny piece of that would have been great to stay alive. I'm not, I'm not self-serving. I think that's a big thing. I think about everybody. I think about of our economy and that's what I'm most worried about now is the recovery of our economy. When I spoke to somebody at BDO that was helping me make my decision to close my corporation, you know, they said downtown doesn't look to be viable for small business for another two years. Youch, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts to hear. So we really need to advocate for small business they are the backbone of our economy. They are the ones, I mean, those ground floor retail places are the ones that support those ones up above, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, they just do. We're the ones promoting local. We're the ones that are keeping the money here. So yeah, I, I'm a little ticked about that, but again, I got to pull into that positivity and belief <laughs> in that there is solutions, but we need to find all the people to come together because so far right now my business meeting that is scheduled for thursday uh at 7 30 i have 30 people signed up 30 people out of the hundreds <laughs> that you know liked the post commented were upset to see that i was closing it's like you guys are all business owners too come and speak up come and learn together that's it uh there we go. Complacency, right, Sylvia? Oh, I, you know, I, I I'm so powered. Yeah, right. I'm so powered, empowered by behind my laptop or behind my phone to show my support. But, oh, God, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh. And to be fair, there's lots of reasons why people don't, don't attend things, right? Some people have social anxiety. Some people, like, it's theater night. For me, I'll be yeah. at the theater. Hopefully, I'll see Robin and Charlotte there. Yeah. Um, but there's a variety of reasons why people don't do things that on the surface seem to mean one thing, but you don't really know until you know, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on for people. And some people are, are you know, I don't know. Some people are anxious about being in crowds right now still. You know, I made a comment to somebody the other day who I see very regularly who was not wearing a mask. And I said, it's lovely to see your beautiful smile. And he said, it's lovely to see your beautiful smile. And my mom, my daughter said to me, mom, you should be careful because not everybody's happy to see people without a mask on. And I, and I, at, for a moment, I was a little offended because I said, I'm very emotionally intelligent, darling. <laughs> I know who I can say that to and who I can't. I know this, this person. Um, but she raised a good point. You know, we just don't know where people are, where mm -hmm. their comfort level is. Um, but hopefully before Thursday comes, Sherry, you'll have more people signing up. Yeah. And this is virtual too, but I yeah. totally, I, oh, I, I Okay, never mind. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I mean, you, you, even just to come and learn, okay, and gather information, because like I said, I am the least political person. I want to learn from some others that have more knowledge than me. So I'm begging you to come and, <laughs> and, and show up here. 
And I, and I totally get the, um, you know, the finding your voice part in it. Okay. For the longest time, I was scared to speak up. I was scared to, you know, I, I guess for the, uh, you know, the, the opinions people might have uh, for sounding stupid. That was my big one. That was a paradigm though, that I had to change myself. So question those things, right? Why are you afraid to show up and speak up? ask a question. That was mine. Asking questions. I never wanted to look stupid. Right. Oh. So I respect so that. Fair. Absolutely. You know, I really do, but I still think we need to give ourselves a little bit of a push. If we want to see change, we can't expect somebody else to be doing it for us. Oh. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So Ron, I'm going to ask you, who do we talk to? Mm -hmm. I'm writing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough question to answer when, you know, you know, and I say this with all due respect, but the decision makers are your politicians. And if we don't understand the process of how things change, that's, you know, that's, that's the country we live in. That's the democracy we live in. That's the way policies are made. That's the way laws are made. That's the way, um, you know, grant, like that's, that's the system that we are working within. So, um, and it's not difficult. I mean, it's the stuff that we learn as children, right? Like we learned this through our social studies career. We, we should understand. And Tracy, you've heard me, you know, rant about this for, for, for years now. Uh, when people don't understand their own history, when it's very easily accessible, um, we kind of perpetuate the same nonsense over and over and over. And then, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's readily available right? It's readily available. You know, you have politicians, you know, you have decision makers, you know, you have ministers in charge of certain um, areas, certain places, um, certain avenues, which is beautiful. Um, if you're in small business, you look at your provincial um, ministers of what, what their what their areas of governance is, you know what I mean? Uh, do they have a mandate letter, perhaps, uh, from the federal government or the provincial government? Read their mandate letters. What what was the government's throne speech about? Uh, were they were they talking about supporting small businesses in their throne speech and their promises to their people? So there's just a lot, right? Uh, whether it's municipal, federal, or provincial, um, you know, I I would say that's your starting point. Um, the second thing is is that you know, like I say every day, you know, know your constitution, know your rights, know uh, know what you are. Um, you know, the parameters in which you live in, you know what I mean? Don't just know it when you want to, you know, oppress people, know it when you want to, like, come on, like, Educate. you know what I mean? There it goes two ways. Um, and lastly, I will say when it comes to small businesses, you know, you have organizations in place um, that have readily available information about all this stuff. You have the chamber, whether it's the Aboriginal changer, chamber, the uh, I know the the East Indian Chamber, we have one. I know that there's the Winnipeg Chamber, there's the Manitoba Chamber. Um, whether or not they're, they're a group that you want to uh, endeavor to engage in, they still have an online presence that allows you to pull information. Uh, there's a small business organization, there's a tax, like there, there's, if you just even go to the federal website, there is readily available to the point that you should be able to find don't know if it's provincial, but you should also be able to find what merits they were looking for when it came to grants. It, they're trans, it's a transparent process. It's right in front of you. And if you can't you have, have to get it, them 
you have to get them to respond. I mean, yeah. I had all the names. Okay, that that was painstaking gathering <laughs> all those names. And I also had a couple politicians that were were feeding the information too that were actually quite helpful. I will say, um, although I didn't want to be, you know anybody's kind of pawn in this political kind of game here. Um, I did really appreciate a lot of the insight I got from them. Um, as far as, you know, with the chamber, I, Chuck Davidson, I'm sorry, I am very, very disappointed in his, his letter was the worst. Um, and, and really, it's just, I do the same way again. That's kind of all you get. So tough, tough luck, you know, no response. And that's what's the discouraging part what we need to do is have a way to find you know to have our voices heard uh respected and responded to mm -hmm. that's the that's what the bottom line is here may it's, i ask what's the what's because maybe i'm maybe i'm misunderstanding something here so what's what's the ask well the ask we had three asks i'm looking for my letter here because maybe i can be more readily help okay, well you know what maybe i'm going to send you a message yeah uh, send me a message because maybe i could be more helpful yeah if we, I had three, exactly. we had three we had three asks and one of the big ones definitely was like what was the decision making process in this that was one of the big ones you know we wanted to have answered um it it was not um you know questioning um it, it, we didn't i didn't even bring up obi Khan in it like that no, wasn't no. even it it was yeah. more about wanting to understand the processes and um, so that was the big one. But I had three main questions that we had compiled and none of them were directly responded to. Well, it seems like that's the same old story, but I can kind of see, and I could be wrong, but this is, I'm, I'm sensing a shift. And mm -hmm. when shifts happen, you know, good things and, you know, maybe not so good things will happen. And I think, Sherry, you are on the right direction of creating a movement and whether or not yes I think slowly but surely you you will get people who need a voice and you know how we go about it it will be organic like your business and uh, I don't know I I do sense a shift and hopefully you know some good will be had out of all of it but uh, and I think too I think there is a fighting spirit do you feel that Sylvia like, yes. <laughs> well, I know, I know Sherry has it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know oh, Rana yeah. has it in a, in a different sense. And, and I really would love to see synergies. And I guess my only question is, who can we get from the political side or, or an organization just to tell us how a process goes? How does, how does a policy like that come into place? You know, I, and, and to get those answers, um, you know, I think, I think would help a lot of people and you know maybe it would shut some of us up who've been complaining right if it was this is how it's done okay but it's never as simple as that i just want rana you've got a furrowed brow i'm just oh i'm just, uh, I was just thinking about something <laughs> something just popped into my head about so i was like Jerry, <laughs> okay <laughs> well as there's these online chats going Thank you so, so much, Sherry, though. Here, you know um, what? Before we hang up, yeah. I'll send her my email. Just hang on for a second. Yes, you send just Ronald. So I can, yeah. Just so I can help out oh. in any way that I know how, please. And Sherry, for everybody out there, this meeting on Thursday, like, where can we go if we want to join? 
Yeah, you can send me an email. I'm still using my Generation Green one. I have a hard time detaching from it. Um, it's generationgreenwpg at gmail.com. Just drop me a note saying, you know, small business support. And then I will be sure to send you the link, uh, the Zoom link for 7.30 on Thursday the 24th. All right. Okay. Uh, and keep us informed. Uh, if Hugh can help in any way, shape, or form, you know, maybe we do something on a bigger sense moving forward and getting more people on board, men and women. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, right. ladies. It's been, again, always an interesting conversation. I don't want this one to, to slide, though. Uh, I, I encourage any other business owners that have been listening to this conversation, please let us know and, and let your voice be heard. Definitely. Okay, so thank you so much. Have a wonderful okay, evening. Have a good night, you guys. Sure, yes. it was nice meeting you. I sent you my email. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> We're all connected. Okay. Thank okay, you, bye. Sylvia. Good to see you. Thanks, Rana. Thanks, Tracy. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.